Jimmy P, filmmaker and sexual astronaut. First up, guys, please check out our fourth feature film for free over on YouTube. Just search for Little Monster or click on the link in the show notes below. This episode, I'm joined by a very special guest, Mr. Daniel Mark Young of Viral Films. Dan, thank you so much for joining us on the show this week. So in terms of your crew um, on, on the feature now, was it mostly guys that you'd worked with then on the, on the shorts? And what was the kind of the size of the crew that you guys had? My team at Viral Films is myself, uh, James, who writes and produces, well, doesn't write as much anymore, doesn't really write anymore, um, has a hand in the writing, um, but produces. Michelle, who helps with lighting, cinematography, and she also produces. And Chris, who does pretty much whatever I tell him to. He's great. Um, but he also helps produce as well. So there's literally a team of four of us, and that, and that's it, pretty much. So it was essentially, for the most part, there was five of us in a house shooting a film. Yeah, so very, very small team. Uh, and we all kind of just, yeah, did whatever we needed to do. Like I said, I'd be, you know, directing, um, you know, helping, like, set up shots, set up lighting, etc., and then running off to, like, slap some makeup on somebody or whatever. Or, you know, like I said, James was kind of in the film as well, you know, so it was like we all had more than one job to do. So there was probably, it probably would have worked great if we had a team of, like, 10 people at least, but... We were all kind of doing two, maybe three, if not four jobs on set at any one time. If you're shooting in an actual house, like sometimes yeah. that many people, it's just getting underfoot, isn't it? So, yeah, it's, it's uh, always a good that, idea yeah. to get as small as you can, definitely. And is that pretty much how you'd worked on the shorts as well? Was it pretty much the same guys or were there any new first timers yeah. coming on the, the feature? No, it's pretty much the same crew every time. Yeah, I mean, like with For Her and Run, it was essentially... Uh, yeah, on Run we had Chris, we had uh, Michelle and James, and then on on For Her we had a slightly different team. We had James, Michelle, and I brought in a friend of mine, Daryl, to help camera operate and, you know, a bit of cinematography and stuff like that. Um, so, yeah, with the exception of For Her, it's pretty much been it. I think going further back, Stranger was just literally me and James. Um, so, yeah, it's it's... It just sort of it varies a little bit, but it's pretty much the same core team, yeah. Yeah, and do you do you notice kind of you're almost using a, a shorthand with those people because you've worked with them time and time again? Yeah, I think you develop that naturally once you've worked with people for for so long, and you just kind of, you know, um, like I said, I've I've used these sort of experiences, you know, these projects to kind of build up myself, my confidence as a director. But that's more working with actors. Um, I really appreciate just having mainly Matt to work with because it's just me and him and I will, you know, we'll talk through something, but when it comes to like the crew and that, it's, it's kind of like, it's, it's all pretty easy to deal with because again, we got, we have a bit of a shorthand and to be fair, we plan, we plan fairly well ahead and that, you know, on the day of shooting, I'll let everyone know what they need to be doing, where we're shooting, what we're shooting ideally how much we shoot in what we'll need to set up what lights we need to wear etc stuff like that so um there's always a plan going into it so you generally speaking by the time everyone's rocked up to set they kind of know what's going on and we just kind of get on with it did you guys bearing in mind obviously it's found footage did you like work off shot lists or storyboards or, or how how did you break up the script 
No, see, the thing is, I am terrible at, at drawing up storyboards. I hate them, <laughs> so I never use them, to be fair. I think I used a handful of storyboards on Full Hair, and they weren't even drawn by me. It was just there just to kind of... I think we used the storyboards more to actually um, try and get the film funded than it was to actually, you know, use them, but we used them anyway. No, I never, drew, I never do storyboards. Obviously, we... I'd written the script in a way that we could break it down quite easily. Um, I think there was a lot of stuff, and this was this was the kind of difference between writing this movie and writing a I want to say a normal film, a, a, you know, um, anything else we'd written. We we kind we kind of wrote a lot of stuff in. There's a lot of stuff was baked into the script. So a lot of the and you mentioned it before, like um, initial dialogue and stuff that runs at the screen, the chat. Um, some of that was written into the script because obviously you know our character has to react to it and things like that so there's a there's a lot of stuff that we we, we put in there um and so i think i just even from writing it i had i knew the location we were shooting in before we even, even started writing it so i knew how we were going to shoot it and again a lot of the, the one of the opening scenes of the film is he takes you on a tour of the house and i like the idea of you know establishing the geography of the location where the film's set, so we know where everything is. As an audience member, I just like that. Um, there's no, nothing's too confusing then. What I liked about it, man, was it was a really good way of doing that, which you could do in a million different ways in a traditionally shot film, but in a found footage film, yeah, coming up with this concept of he's just moved in, so yeah. therefore you get the tour and the layout, I thought worked really well, dude. Yeah, again, hats yeah. off. Just using oh, the cheers. concept. Cheers, man. That's just my way of trying to shoehorn it in without making it feel too like this it paid off really well oh, cool, and then of course again when when stuff is reflected in the game as well i was yeah. just like oh okay nicely done yeah i think it's just one of those things i think because i i mean i'm a bit i am a massive fan of found footage movies i love horror in general but i do have a big soft spot for found footage movies and i do find that there's always there's always the same questions brought up you know why are you still filming why is this happening? Why is that happening? And so you, I think filmmakers usually have try and address those, but never really come up with like good excuses or answers for them. So I feel like we had to try and find ways to make these things feel natural or just find different ways to do them or just not do them at all if it felt like it was going to be to take people out of the experience too much obviously because you were working with the same guys did you find the need to have like a pre-production meeting with the team or was it you know much more informal than that um it was it was it was semi-informal like i said we had a we had an initial meeting with it was more for matt's sake because i'd never worked with matt and we'd met him through um working with katria who we worked with on for her and he does a lot of uh, theatrical work so he he's he was wanting to branch into film work he loves horror movies he loves found footage movies so it kind of made sense you know um and so we just we set up a meeting with him and I, like i said i very poorly explained the kind of concept to him and said look we don't have a script but you know we have this idea we're going to make it for literally no money at all but it's going to be a lot of fun uh and i think by end of it like he was on board and that was the kind of that was i think it's other than sort of explaining the everything to to Matt, it was a case of at the same time fully sort of fleshing out the idea to my team as well because they were obviously there present as well. So I put this whole presentation together and just did a really naff job of explaining it. But um, you know, as happens. Um, but yeah, no, we kind of we we had 
it's just we're always in communication. That's the thing. It was it was kind of there was less of a need for like official sort of production meetings. It was just like you know because we were all we all had access to the script. We all kind of knew what was going on. You know, every time new drafts were there, I'd upload them. We could all see them. We could all give notes on them. And you know, if there was any questions, it was they were always kind of dealt with before we even went into production. And we did kind of um, the one thing I think we did that was a ho- hopefully a, well, I think it was a smart move was because obviously we were going to crowdfund to get you know a th- one third of the budget of the movie. Um, we shot a concept trailer for it. And we did that very quick and dirty as well, to be fair. Um, you know, but we felt like we'd, we'd done so many crowdfunds for things that we never had anything conceptual to really show other than us just explaining what the film is and trying our best to pitch it to people and maybe having some artwork or storyboards and stuff like that. It was like, well, you know, the the, the projects that seem to be doing really well are the ones that have conceptual stuff they've already shot. It's like, we need to make a trailer. Um, you know, we had by that point we had the script, and so I, it was literally cherry picking like small scenes and a- more action than anything, and just shooting a trailer. Um, and we shot that in a space of about four hours one night, and in and then I just spent the next three days after that just editing it together like like crazy, trying to make it seem like it was a, a cohesive piece of work, you know. Um, and yeah, and I think that kind of that kind of helped and. It was kind of weird because it was like the last night of shooting on the film, the last night of production, was exactly two years to the day after we shot the concept trailer. Yeah, it was kind of weird. And so we were literally shooting stuff and, and we shot it pretty much chronologically. So on the last night we shot all of that kind of end sequence. There's like a whole sort of minute and a half, two minute sequence you know, where things go a bit crazy. That was all shot in one evening as well. And we were still, we were shooting stuff and we were going, wow, we tried, we tried doing this two years ago and it was difficult then. And, you know, like there's one specific shot we had to do time and time again, just to get it right. And Matt was like, yeah, I remember when we tried doing this, it was like, it was really difficult to get done. And so, yeah, like it was, it was weird, but like, yeah, I think that was kind of, that helped a little bit in terms of getting things done. But in terms of production meetings, yeah, we don't, you know, we're all on the same page most of the time, so yeah. Obviously, I, I'm not sure this question kind of will be appropriate for, for Deathstream necessarily, but in general, when you're looking at casting, um, you know, are you looking for showreels or auditions? Or, you know, what's self-taping? What, what as a director, do you prefer to kind of see? We do several stages. <clears throat> what we decided was the best way to do it. We started this... We did, we kind of did it a little bit on run, but we, we we sort of did this mainly on for her is we'd put out a casting call like you do, uh, and we'd we'd ask for show reels, and we'd wait until we got a decent amount, and then literally we would you know download them all, put them in a big folder, you know, and you know get get bits of paper together. We'd all sit down, get the popcorn out. We'd you know we'd um literally spend an afternoon just going through all these show reels. And we'd mark them, we'd give them, you know, give everyone like a score. That sounds really weird, but give everyone kind of a score and then whittle it down until we've got like two or three, ideally three, maybe four people for each part that we really, really liked. Um, and then we'd contact them and say, right, cool. Here's a script sample. Can you do us a self tape? And then we'd, we'd, we'd narrow it down from that basically. So then that would be like round two. They'd get that far. They'd give us the self tapes. We would literally have them 
doing lines from the film and so we could really see how that was going to work out and then make our decisions based off of that so yeah and the only part we've really cast for this time around was the part of Mia who was again that was an interesting experience because the idea was originally we were going to get to come down and even though her her scene which is very brief is shot on a phone you know we were going to get to come down and and shoot shoot that ourselves and in the end we had to do it remotely so she shot all of that herself essentially um you know at her home and it was a weird thing where i'd never directed anyone remotely before and it was a series of like whatsapp messages back and forward i'd be like yeah cool right she did a little bit of makeup and stuff i was like cool yeah she took some photos like yeah the lighting looks cool i like that yeah move that lamp a little bit cool all right it's just messages back and forth it was so surreal so like about over the space of about three hours she'd she'd record a take send it to me i'd watch back okay cool i like that i need it more intense though or can you emphasize this a bit more uh or just just you know give me another what take but just go ape shit you know and like it was just a series of things back and forth and once we got everything i was like great cool thanks <laughs> yeah remote directing we did yeah, uh, zoom shorts last year like like a lot of people um yeah mm. i'm not sure i'm a fan of it but yeah it, it's it's interesting but uh yeah get people in yeah. the room if definitely <laughs> so what oh, no. did, tell me about um, it it was weird. yeah what did you shoot into the black abyss on then what was that shot on so again because of the idea behind it was we were going to shoot on what we had uh cameras camera and lensing is usually like for us it was always been kind of a, a big expense you know we'd gone from shooting four hair on i think we shot four hair on the black magic uh mini 4.6k model which is a beautiful camera. We shot on Sigma art lenses. Mwah, beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> you know, um, Love that combination. It looked great. And then we kind of shot this on uh, Sony a seven two with a, with a, with a pancake lens, a pancake zoom lens, which was a 18 to 55 mil lens so yeah because we needed we needed to keep the a lot of the shots wide most of it was shot quite wide anyway um just because again you we had the camera on a small rig that we adapted so that he could hold it this way and move things around and stuff and so he's got the camera no more quite quite close to his face so we needed quite wide angles and that so yeah that was kind of that gave us a good balance of um the wide shots we needed it wasn't overly cinematic looking, but it wasn't, you know, we could have shot it on a GoPro, but, you know, we didn't want to do that. We wanted some, we wanted something there that had a little bit more kind of visual impact that we could sort of control the image a bit more. We could color correct it a little bit and, you know, um, tweak a little bit and, you know, stylize, but not overly. Um, so, yeah, we kind of, we needed it to sort of feel found footagey. And, and and like it was kind of a live stream, but also have a little bit of, you know, add a little bit of cinematic flair towards the end, you know, and kind of take a few liberties there when we could. But yeah. So yes, Sony, Sony, a, Sony A7T. What was the typical shooting length? Well, the length of a shooting day then? Okay, so this is worth, this is essentially why things were, took so long other than people's schedules. So we're literally shooting in an actual house that's in use. It's our producer's house. So we had to be really careful not to break things like baths and things, but that happened anyway. Um, but uh, but other than that, it's a residential area. They have neighbours and stuff. So it's like, 
we could only really shoot because everything happens in in real time. It happens at night. We literally had to wait for it to be nighttime, so we had to shoot evenings, and we could only shoot as late as midnight. So on an average on an average evening, we depending on time of year, we'd get maybe four hours of shooting in. So would you be rehearsing up until it gets nighttime, and then away you go? And yeah, you pretty go. much. Yeah, we we did something similar. We uh, on our third feature, we had it was found footage, and it was. Um, uh, curb crawlers and it was in this warehouse and it had these skylights and of course it was all set at night and there was no way we were you know going to be able to black out those skylights yeah. but you know like obviously we still got everybody there at like you know 5pm it was summertime so we had like four hours of just rehearsal and to be honest as a director that was a luxury which I haven't had on any other types yeah. of shoot so yeah. there is something to be said for yeah just yeah having a small window to actually shoot it kind of focuses your mind, but also then you've got that opportunity to kind of rehearse with actors, which often, I mean, I don't know what your experience is like, but often, man, I, I don't get as much time to rehearse with actors as I would like. Um, oh, and yeah, I imagine, yeah. you know, as you've got Matt, who's pretty much, you know, carrying the, the film, you know, his performance is carrying yeah. the film. Yeah, you, you would absolutely yeah. need it. Um, and yeah, so, and you also said you were pretty much shooting chronologically, is that right? Yeah, so essentially the first, uh, I think the first seven minutes of the movie are literally the first night we shot, and pretty much everything is chronological. There's a few scenes that were shot diff, uh, not out of order just because of timing and scheduling um, and location. There is a location change in there, so the actual the actual stuff up in the roof space is shot in a different location um and you know to the rest of the house but yeah like aside from a couple of shots it all is pretty much in in chronological order so yeah so we actually yeah shot as a pit and it was just easier to do it that way because you know continuity completely goes out the fucking window after the first couple of nights of shooting but you know like we, it was just easy to kind of keep everyone in tune with where we were and especially with like Having all the breaks we had in between shooting, it just made life easier all around to try and achieve it that way. Um, and just, yeah, I think it was, for everyone's mental health as well, just the easiest way to do it. And were there any kind of absolutely separate pickup days? You know, was there anything that once you sat down in the edit room, you were like, ah, shit, we didn't get that, and you had to drag people back? No, it's like because we had gaps, because we were shooting maybe one night a week, uh, even and even at our craziest, it was like, a you know, there was a week or whatever between shooting nights. Um, I could run post-production, at least the editing side of things, along in tandem with our shooting. And so I'd throw, like, we'd shoot stuff that literally over that night or the, or the day after, I'd throw everything into the edit and say, right, let's cut that together. Let's see if that works. Did we get it? Is this, is there an issue with it? If there was a problem with sound or we didn't quite get something that I thought we had or something got screwed up, I'd say, right, okay, before we carry on, we'll go back, we'll reshoot that. And so still it will happen chronologically. There was one scene that we did and it, it bugged the fuck out of me because I don't know why I didn't notice it, but it's one of those things where like you're just so involved in trying to get everything done. You sometimes let the little things slip, but they're not little things, they're big things. And so we had this scene shot in the um where where matt gets a stepladder out and goes up the, the stepladder and you know all that stuff and, and goes into the roof space now for whatever reason 
um i didn't notice but he didn't put his shoes on the first time we did this take of it so we got this footage of him and in the edit it turns out that he goes up this step ladder with no shoes on but appears up in the attic with shoes on and i'm like shit we gotta go back and shoot you putting your shoes on and then doing the whole thing again it was just like it, it took 30 seconds to shoot but it was just the fact that we had to go back and do it i was like there's no way i'm gonna let that slide you know, it's in the edit, but I'm not going to let it slide because someone will pick up on the fact that he didn't have shoes on and now he has shoes on. And, and yeah, I mean, we, we kind of touched on it briefly, like the special challenges of, of shooting during lockdown. So, um, yeah. How did you guys find it? How did you guys kind of manage that? Um, obviously, you, you just kind of described that, you know, one of your actors was you directed completely remotely. Um, yeah. Did you have many other challenges with that? I think it's just the crazy sort of thing in general of having that looming over you. Obviously, we've all got to kind of be very careful um, because, again, yeah, right, we're, we're shooting a film in, in quite close quarters with each other, but at the same time, we're shooting maybe one night a week and everyone else has other stuff going on the rest of the week. You know, Matt had other jobs going on, so it's like, I'd feel, I don't, I, you know, I always said, like, I feel really guilty if, you know, he caught COVID and it was because of us and then couldn't go on to do other things and stuff like that so um we were very 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 cautious we went through covid compliance training i had to get certificates um i think it was kind of the norm you had to go through all of that just to say you look you know because again you know and again shooting in a, in a in a residential house you know there are neighbors that could quite easily knock on the door and like hey what are you doing you know we're in lockdown what the fuck you know sort of thing so at least i had this you know thing to say look we're good we can do this we're allowed to but yeah it was a lot of mask wearing for a while obviously this you know that standard and just standard covid practice but yeah it was it wasn't as looking back on it i don't think it was as impactful as it felt like it was at the time like it, it made things a little bit more difficult but not sort of to the point where i felt like at the time, we felt like this was, a, you know, oh, God, this is really going to impact things. This is really going to slow things down. Actually, in hindsight, I don't think it made that big of a difference in, in, in reality. Again, I know, I know it wasn't planned as such, but if you were going to shoot a feature-length film, kind of this film was hardwired to make it ideal because you've only yeah. got the one actor, for the most part, in front of the camera. Um, and as you say, you're used to working in a, with a very yeah. small crew. So, yeah, a luck of the draw. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you.